Oh, I saw you for a blip. There you are. There you are. In all of your muscle-bound glory. Hello, and welcome to Fantasy Football Interrupted Season 4, Episode Number 9. This is the podcast for the every person looking for practical advice in managing your fantasy football team. And this podcast is hosted by the wonderful... Alex Katz. Alex Katz. <laughs> and myself, J-Mac. Oh, I threw you off there, man. <laughs> you weren't ready for that one. I was expecting a better intro. Uh, that's on me, though. Oh, all right. We're already throwing the burns, throwing the lobbing, lobbing them out here today already, man. Alex, Alex, Alex. Wow. What a week. What a week, man. How did your, how was your weekend and leading up to this with all the craziness that was going, that was all that COVID related? Um, uh, as you know, I'm the commissioner of one of my leagues, so uh, I had to deal with all of the managers wanting to know what happens with Clyde Edward Hilaire and Kelsey and what's going to happen with uh, Derrick Henry. And uh, I had a lot of people coming at me asking me a bunch of questions, so we got to figure out what to do. And how was that? Did you figure out what you're going to do or did you just tell them, I don't know? Uh, I pretty much said I've got Cam Newton, so I'm going to add an IR spot uh, that wasn't there before because I didn't know that uh, this was going to happen like this. And, and I also thought I was doing it for the Juju Smith-Schuster and Derrick Henry uh, owners out there too. But apparently they actually don't get that spot even though uh, their buy is COVID-related. Yeah, I mean, it was wild. Pretty much fantasy football as an entity almost melted down come Friday and Saturday. I just saw so much being posted all over social media about like what you should do and plans. And even in our group chats, I mean, people were just freaking out. I luckily was in my other league. My one manager is pretty proactive and we started giving us like suggestions about what to do. And we voted on things and it all sort of worked out, but we had it. We also had a back and forth because one person wanted to put a Thursday game quarterback in as an alternate, but it's like, well, come on, bud. we already played that game. We can't, we can't do that now. So there, there was a lot of back and forth. So I don't think any team, any league came away unscathed here. So what would you say is the best course of action going forward to like mitigate COVID postponements? You know, we just kind of did uh, kind of like what your dynasty league did, I think, where you say who your backup is going to be and then you keep the person in that you think is going to play. And if they don't play, uh, then the commissioner just gives you the points of the person that you said before the games start. Yeah, and it's all about you have to email it or put it to your group chats and timestamp and all that kind of fun stuff. But, but that's what we did across the board. Every league kind of towards the end sort of made its way towards that decision, in my opinion. That's what happened with me. Yeah, I mean, that was one of the first things that got suggested. And I it seems like the most logical thing to do. I luckily did not have anybody directly affected as far as the Kansas City game goes or anything like that, I did have a bunch of Pittsburgh and Titans players uh, on my team. So that just got postponed. So I was just seeing it as a buy. Like there's nothing I could do about it, but I didn't have to worry about alternates. I wasn't directly affected that way. So what about individual plans going forward? What do you think teams managers themselves can do to prepare to try to help not make this as big of an issue going forward? Because this really threw everybody for a loop. So like normally I would say don't have three quarterbacks, but I had a league where... Cam Newton was my quarterback and I needed two other quarterbacks to kind of decide. Um, and so that was kind of interesting that that worked out that way. So 
Um, I you just have to your depth has to like triple up at this point, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think we'll get into that a little bit more in, in depth later. No pun intended, but I, I agree. Like quarterback now, even in redraft leagues, I think you need to carry two quarterbacks, and hopefully you already were because if not, I think they're going to be a hot commodity going forward because you can't risk not having at least some decent backup quarterback going forward i think you talked about maybe moving carson wentz last week you're probably going to hold on to him now for a little bit longer josh allen had his shoulder like dislocated halfway through that game this week so yeah i think i think wentz may actually come into play somewhere towards like week eight or nine it's crazy how uh motivations change from week to week in fantasy football but yeah I think having more than even, maybe even three, like you mentioned, might even be a wise choice, especially at that position. More than anything, because without a quarterback, you're just dead in the water. Uh, we might get a little bit more in depth of how to maybe possibly get around that. But first, let's get into our top five weekly position rankings. But in addition to week four's rankings, we're also going to take a look back at the quarter mark of football and see where everybody's stacking up through the first four weeks total. So I'll handle the week four rankings and Alex will handle the first quarter rankings. So let's get it started with week four at the quarterback. Coming in at number five, we have Mr. Lamar Jackson finally coming, breaking back through, coming in with 26 points here. Overall solid game. I mean, just 193 yards passing. Two touchdowns and interception. So not an amazing game by him, but I know he had a bunch of rushing yards too. He had 53 and another rushing touchdown. So maybe a bounce back and hopefully for better, brighter school. Uh, maybe, maybe a bounce back for brighter, bluer skies for Lamar Jackson. Moving on, we have Teddy Bridgewater making his first appearance in the top five with 27 points. So he's only rostered on 19% of the uh, 19% of leagues. So he might be one of those guys to eye up as a backup quarterback here. He's been up and down, but when he does hit big, he hits pretty big. So good for Teddy Bridgewater. Moving on, Aaron Rodgers, another solid week, 29 points. He's untouchable, and you're not going to find him. So hopefully you have him on your team. Next, we have Tom Brady really breaking through here. It seems like they're starting to gel down there in Tampa Bay. He had uh, 33 points this week. And moving in at the number one spot, uh, again, just putting up monster points in a losing effort. Dak Prescott with 43 points. I mean, 502 yards and four touchdowns. I mean, unbelievable. I suspect we're going to see him in the top one or two rankings uh, when Alex gets to that. So anything on the top five for this week, though? Any trends or anything you see? Right. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater is obviously not there to stay, in my opinion. Um, he's up there just kind of misleadingly. Um, honestly, I kind of feel like uh, Aaron Rodgers may be another one that's misleading you to believe um but they belong in this top five list yeah i don't think tom brady's gonna have this many weeks with this kind of points either i i think he'll might have a couple here and there but this is not going to be a common thing for him to hit up in the high 20s low 30s though i'm actually uh russell wilson's not on the list that's uh that's kind of interesting very interesting he, he didn't make the top, top five this week so let's do um let's do the quarter rankings of the season totals we've got tom brady who's in the fifth spot so it's interesting you think He's not going to stay up there when he's been consistent at the top five. Um, and think about that for a draft value. He's actually on the waiver wire in one of my leagues. Uh, it's a, probably a 10-person league, so that's the reason. But um, I honestly didn't think he would be as effective as he is either, but they're playing from behind a lot. I got proven wrong right away there. 
So that's the value of Tom Brady. That's a value pick you could have gotten. Kyler Murray at number four. Not surprising. He is the running back you want when uh, dealing with the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, But he didn't make the list this week. However, he does use his legs. Josh Allen, my man, number three. Coming in right where I think he should be, where he was valued at the beginning of the year when we told you where he should be. Um, Another value, uh, draft value pick for me. What round did you get him in? Probably like the tenth. Wow. He was he was my like. Everybody else has two quarterbacks. I can't believe you haven't picked him up yet. Um, it was down to him and Joe Burrow, so I was happy that I got Josh Allen. Russell Wilson, number two, completely expected to be on this list. He's the those two are the MVP candidates in my opinion. Uh, and number one, Dak Prescott barely beating out Russell Wilson by one point. All of these are within five points of each other, but Dak Prescott having to run for his life more than anybody else on the in the quarterback position. Yeah, and it's pretty crazy how small the top three are separated by. It's less than five points, and they, none of them look like they're taking the foot off the pedal going forward. Quarterbacks to pick up, uh, I would say Minshew or Fitzmagic. Uh, Minshew, man, wow, look at that, 46%. But, man, I can't believe he is up there in the top 10. That, that's unbelievable. He's consistently putting up, like, 16 points. He's nothing... He's not wowing anybody, but he's also not hurting you. No, not at all. I mean, I picked up Lamar Jackson in the third round, and he only has uh, about eight more points than him. So goes goes to show. All right, Alex, let's move into the tight end position. And we're now back to the week four rankings. Uh, it's coming in at number five. Oof. Yikes. O.J. Howard. Uh, he had 12 points. So not a, not a breakout game, but a solid game nonetheless. But we'll get to that a little later. Not much going to be coming out of O.J. Howard going forward. Uh, Moving in at the number four spot this week is Dalton Schultz of the Dallas Cowboys, the tight end of the Dallas Cowboys. He had 15 points, only rostered in 52% of the league. He's still on our open waiver wire. Uh, Somebody to take a look at. And I've seen this name popping up the past, like, two weeks. Uh, Me too, me too. Not surprising that he's getting the the ball down there. They light up their tight ends. Uh, Coming in at number three, Mark Andrews, back up in the top three where he belongs. I guess however Lamar goes, goes Andrews. So that's basically what it is. Uh, Moving into number two, we have Robert Toya of the Green Bay Packers, only rostered in 29% of the league. So he's already taken an ours. But if, again, another guy you're looking to kind of stretch out a little bit on the depth of your your roster, Robert Toya. And moving into number one, back where he belongs as the number one tight end in football with 35 points in his first week back since week one, George Kittle Skittle. There he is. He's only played in one and a half games, and he's he's doing big things. Uh, I'm going to mention him in this next list, but uh, he was the number one tight end on my big board going into it. He looked to be very injured the first part of the season. Um, I, I myself kind of shuffled him away. Even on my own team, I've started uh, asking for trades for people. So we'll talk about that later as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, he, he looked great. I, I watched that Eagles game. I mean, he looked every bit as the top tight end that we expected him to be. So he doesn't look like he's having any lingering effects from the injury. Although again, I will caveat, he played against the Eagles defense, which has an absolutely awful linebacking crew and he just ate them alive. So, but that's what great players do. So Alex, tell me about the tight ends for the first quarter of the season. Yeah, let's do the uh, overall tight ends. We're not going to do the top five because they're all separated by such close points. They're all within seven points of each other here. So I'm going to say like tied in seventh is TJ Hawkinson 
uh, George Kittle and Schultz, Dallas Schultz, or Dalton Schultz, Schultz on the Dallas Cowboys, they're all taking the number seven spot with around 40 points. Um, and again, that's crazy because Kittle's only played in one and a half games. So uh, take that with a grain of salt, the fact that he will burst right through there. At number six, uh, it's going to be Tyler Higby and uh, Janu Smith with forty around 42 points. Uh, on the season so far. So those were also very, very good picks. Again, these are all within like six picks of each other, uh, six points of each other. So if you've got any of these guys, uh, you're probably doing well in the tight end position. At number at number five was John U. Smith. Uh, number six was Tyler Higby. Sorry. Number five is Darren Waller, uh, just one point above John U. Smith. And then Travis Kelsey, two points above him. Uh, whoa, Noah Fant making the number two spot. Well, that was surprising. Uh, right there with Kelsey, though, almost identical. And one point away, Mark Andrews. So all of these players are great. Yeah, Noah Font was one of those ones I thought about eyeing up and just kind of taking a you know a flyer on, and I wish I did, and I just decided not to because there's other players you kind of prioritize. But he's one of those breakthrough. It'll be, we'll see how he goes the rest of the season, but so far looking really solid. I guess only target really left right now there because Cortland Sutherland went down. He's done for the season, so he's kind of their main target right now. The crazy thing that you just kind of mentioned, too, is just the difference, though, between number one and, I don't know, one, two. They're all within six points of each other. It's not a far line graph. Between number one and number 12, it's 10 points. So, and you've talked about this before. When you average 10 points over even just four games, you're looking at two and a half points a game-ish. Yeah. Nothing that's really earth-shattering there. You know, George Kittle, obviously, most of his points coming from just this week's game, but you expect him to put up probably anywhere between 15 and 22 points a game on average. Yes, and also keep in mind, Fant went down this weekend as well. So he also has an injury. So let's move into the defense for week four. Coming in at number five, we have Indianapolis kind of doing their thing. Only seven points, so nothing great. New York Jets, ooh, okay, eight points. Uh, again, same thing. It's fine. I wouldn't pick up the Jets defense. Los Angeles. They're playing Denver. Los Angeles Rams, uh, 11 points. They were playing yeah, the Giants. Same thing, you know. Then they have a big scuffle after that one. Look it up. Eagles, see, oh, they had a pick six in this game, and I think they had two interceptions, actually. So that's what's boosting up this. This was like one of those random weeks that I wouldn't pick up Philly defense. And Kansas City Chiefs, them coming in with 20 points. I mean, they're much more expected to do something here and there. Uh, I don't know how they're doing overall in the season, so maybe Alex can let us in on the top five of defense. Yep, top five of defense. I'm going to go ahead and do the same thing I did before. I'm going to have a tie for the sixth spot, actually, and throw in the San Francisco defense and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I'm saying that because the Pittsburgh Steelers didn't play this week. Uh, that's the only reason they, they made the honorable mention of Titan Six. So they have those points through three weeks, not even four weeks. This is what I'm saying. So statistically, they should be higher up. That was, that was the reasoning for honorable mention. Philadelphia Eagles were in the five spot with 30 points. And then New England defense, who's sitting on Jake's bench, was at four. I'm amazed that they're doing as well as they are when half of their defense opted out before the season started. Number three is Tampa Bay's defense. Uh, James has them with 38 points, which is a pretty big jump up. Baltimore's defense, everyone expects them to be there. And the defense I drafted and dropped after week one, the Indianapolis Colts with 52 points. Yeah, them and Baltimore really only ones kind of walking away shown to be elite defenses where everybody else is just middling. Uh, Because that Eagles thing is so like misleading there to be in the top five with 30 points. So they got 18 of them just this past week. So that's not really a good bellwether to say that Eagles have a good defense, even fantasy wise. And I was reading some articles that pretty much all defenses across all of football are so far behind the offenses this year. 
I mean, just look at a lot of the breakdowns, the Detroit's, the Dallas's, the Atlanta's, how many, they go up all these points, but then they lose it all anyway. So defense, honestly, just if you have a solid defense, stick with them, even if they're not getting a whole lot of points, I wouldn't go streaming too much because they're all the same. They're all so close in points here. That is the first half of the top five. We'll take a break and come back to that. But first, let's get into some current events, uh, even a little bit of breaking news this week. Uh, first off, let's start off with Bill O'Brien fired as the Houston Texans head coach after an 0-4 start. So my question with this is, what do you think about having any of the players on the Texans? Does this change their fantasy outlook? Do you think this is going to change how certain ones perform, either better or worse? So here's kind of like a, you would think. Well, they've got a new coach, so they're going to be behind, and it's going to take them, you know, half a year to pick up speed, and they're going to get an interim coach, and are they going to mesh well with them? But in my opinion, from what I've seen, like the Dolphins had this happen uh, about two years ago or three years ago with like the Ricky Incognito stuff and, and the offensive line. Yeah. The Miami Dolphins came out and balled out out the next two weeks and then they were horrible again but it was like they were supercharged by like just the simple change so honestly i would say it, it increases the stock in the houston texans at least for like the first two or three weeks just the first two weeks okay after that it's all it's all residual and it's it's downhill from there yeah then, then the, they're just not running on adrenaline they're back to their old ways so all right there you go hot tip kind of take a look at some of those houston texan players this week and maybe take a chance on starting them all right so i just want to get into this uh COVID stuff just a little bit so just as i'm sure everybody knows the sealers game now got pushed back postponed until week eight and their raven steelers game moved up to week seven so this just threw a wrench into everything just bye week was now this week so it's kind of crazy it's really changing it's weird how in the middle of the season it's changing the dynamic of how the rest of the season's going to go because i had to go fight through this this week but now i have all my steelers or titans players i need for the rest of the week and i had aj brown on my team who hopefully maybe will start next week because of all this mess but I don't know. It's just another thing that's going on. Then the Patriots did play Kansas City after a lot of other schedule changes. The Eagles got bumped up. Just keep it. Make sure you're always now on understanding what games are going to be changing and, and be aware of what's happening early in the week. It was actually pretty cool because I had picture in picture going on Monday Night Football where I could watch the end of the Kansas City Patriot game and the beginning of the Falcons Green Bay game. So that was, I kind of like the fact that there were two games on Monday night. So you almost had your mini red zone on Monday night. Yeah, I mean, no, that's what it was. And plus, they started a little bit earlier. So I didn't have to wait. And COVID may, it may lead to finally with the NFL, probably always, always wanted Tuesday night football to be what going. That, that sounds horrible. We don't need <laughs> Tuesday night football. All right. Let's get into our injury report here. And these are some of the big names that I noticed, Alex. If you have anybody else, let me know. But uh, starting off, uh, probably the biggest name of the week, I'd say, is Nick Chubb went down with a sprained MCL, and he's out several weeks. So Kareem Hunt's stock on the up? Yeah, that's all there is to that. There's no backup to pick up. He's already been playing in the game. All right. And, uh, yeah, do you think this is going to affect how they play, though? Are they going to run less and maybe start throwing a little more, do you think? It's the Browns. Who knows what they're going to do? Well, they're, they're look, they look better this weekend. They Each week they seem to be putting a little bit extra piece in there to fit into their puzzle. So uh, Austin Eckler is the next big name. He's got a hamstring down four to six weeks. This is kind of a bit of a blow because a lot of people are relying on him. Uh, Joshua Jackson, is that what his name is? The next man up. Next man up. Yep, that's, that's your waiver wire tip. Joshua Jackson, if you're looking for a running back by committee, uh, running back to pick up. 
But do you, now, do you think he's going to be giving the ball the rock a lot? Do you think he's going to be able to get up to 18 to 22 touches a game, or do you think they're going to do? I mean, Kelly, Kelly's already been in the game. He's already been the established backup. But you know, you never whoever's got the hot hand kind of in these situations is is who gets the points. So um, I think we have to wait until next week to kind of. Uh, definitively figure out which back is the one they're going to use like that. Do you still have, uh, I'm sorry, I said I said Joshua Jackson, I mean Justin Jackson, and you have Joshua Kelly. Uh, yes, so I drafted Kelly knowing the situation was coming. We talked about how Eckler wasn't the best standalone back, and he kind of is smaller than most of the other ones and has never really produced when it was just him, and last week was kind of the exception. Yeah, totally. He was always that kind of Darren Sproles type, and they're always a little more yes, smaller absolutely. and fragile. So, so I expect him to go down. So, yes, I do have Kelly. All right. And do, well, you're not going to start him yet. You're going to just see how this plays out. I think that they're now going to have to decide what their offense is. You know, you were talking about what is what are the Houston Texans going to do. I think the Chargers are the ones that are now going to have to go, okay, guys, new game plan. Yeah, but they still have a rookie quarterback, so there's always going to be reliance on the run with the rookie quarterback or the tight end. So maybe. Oh, I'm thrilled. I, I mean, my stock went up You know, now in week five. I was expecting it to be a couple more weeks before this happened. Yeah. W- would you ever consider moving him? Oh, absolutely. If somebody wanted Kelly, sure. All right. Um, All right. I think now would be the time to move him, just off the hype. Yeah, exactly. I, I agree. I would actually try to see if you can maybe just put a feeler out there and see what comes back. All right, moving on. Let's get into O.J. Howard. As we mentioned earlier, he had a great, uh, great game this past week, but it sounds like he's got an Achilles injury and done for the season, so that's a real shame. Yeah, it is, but uh, pick up Scotty Miller. If uh, I know he's not a tight end, but he seemed to get an uptick in, in receptions. I think they still have Cameron Brake down there, and then obviously Gronk's yeah, there. So there's another one, too. Yeah, sure. They actually seem to be just almost tight end heavy down there, where they have like six tight ends, it feels like. So, again, hard to say. It's almost tight end by committee down there now that Howard's done. So it's a tough one. You're going to have to flesh that out over the next like two or three weeks. Uh, the next one is Kenyon Drake. So he's the, he is a questionable mark. But I just think that because he hasn't been playing that well, now all of a sudden he has an injury. It's what do you do? Do you do Chase Edmonds? I mean, he's obviously the big guy that everybody should be eyeing up. Uh, the question is, is it going to be like me last week where Chris Carson was questionable going into the game? I dove in for Carlos Hyde, and then it ends up being Carlos Hyde who's hurt for the game. And Chris Carson. Isn't that weird? Yeah, and then Chris Carson <laughs> miraculously can play the entire game and get, puts up 25 points. Yeah, so they, I, if, you know, there could definitely be one of those situations, Also, although Kenyon Drake does not seem to be in the realm of uh, Chris Carson. So maybe Chase Edmonds is still a good play just because Kenyon Drake's not getting it done uh, down there in Arizona. And another one I just threw on here is a, it's another questionable one is Mike Evans. Uh, he twisted an ankle. He did finish the game and he had a solid game. He looks like he's actually being a really good connection with Tom Brady as well. They've, there's some talk about that, how he seems to be his actual favorite receiver and Chris Godwin's struggling with some injury issues here and there. But we'll see if Mike Evans ready for Thursday. So that could be the next man up. And there's like, I think you said, Scotty Miller was the guy who kind of benefited from both Evans and Chris Godwin being out. So that's another guy to look out for. All right, Alex, is there any other injuries that I missed that you saw that come across the wire? I mean, I already talked about Fant. I think that's the only other one that he got taken out in the game. Um, Julio Jones went down tonight with a hamstring pull. Poor Julio, man. That's that's a tough one. That that offense is really struggling now. I don't. It's it seems like it's just going backwards. But things to keep an eye on. All right, Alex. So that is our breaking news injury report of the week. So let's get back into our top five position rankings. And now we're going to do the week four top five wide receiver. Starting off, Adam Thielen of the Minnesota Vikings. So he had 22 points. A really good showing by them. 
by him. Uh, 114 yards and a touchdown. Coming in at number four, oh, he's having his first big breakout game. C.D. Lamb of the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, I guess we were waiting for this to happen at some point. 22 points. He had 79 yards receiving along with two touchdowns, which is really what bumped up his total this week. But he was their first-round draft pick, so there's obviously some expectations there that he's going to start showing some skill. And moving into number three, we have DJ Chark Jr. Finally lighting up the board here, really coming on strong and being that number one. I think you have him, right? Yeah, he's he's finally done something for me. It's it's great. I he was one of those guys I wanted, and you you were one of the only ones I think that really probably eyed him up stronger than I did. Uh, moving into number two, we have Amari Cooper. So Dallas really put up a lot of points. Obviously, we saw what Dak Prescott did. So somebody's got to be catching those 500-odd-some yards. So Amari Cooper was the other one with 134 yards and a touchdown. Then we have a guy who played against them, Odell Beckham Jr. He had 35 points blowing up and doing his Odell thing first time in a long time with 81 long yards, time. two touchdowns. And then he also had a rushing touchdown with another 73 yards on the ground. So an overall game by Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, that's that's not going to happen every week. He's another one of my sell-high categories. They're spreading the ball around. Baker Mayfield's just making short plays. He has a high completion percentage, but he's not making any big plays. And unless these wide receivers break out, that's not I'm happening. sorry, who'd they play? Who did they play last week? Oh, they played the Cowboys. Okay, they played the Cowboys. All right, they don't play them every week. Anyway. No. Let's do uh, the quarter mark of, of the wide receivers. I'm going to do tied in fifth place because they're all separated by one point. DJ Metcalf, DeAndre Hopkins, and Stefan Diggs all around 65 points averaging. Um, no one's surprised with any of those names. Then you've got Adam Thielen in fourth. Amari Cooper actually is surprising at number three. Tyler Lockett should be up there at number two. And one of the people that I called out to be the uh, top wide receivers of the year was Calvin Ridley, but I didn't draft him. So. Yeah, that, both of us kind of, you know, we were doing our honorable mention of top fives going into the year. We, we threw Calvin Ridley on there, and I don't know why. We did. We absolutely did. We, we both talked him up, and uh, yeah, neither one of us went for him, so we didn't believe ourselves. I just want to do a quick side tangent on this. What is, how does this make you think when you have those gut feelings and you decide, like, you can't pick him first round? Like, that feels like the wrong thing to do because he hasn't proven himself. You know, I think that happens in our draft more than any other draft that I'm in where you kind of ride the wave of what's happening because it's in, in person. Um, a lot of times I take the players when they're available if I want them behind the keyboard. But when we're in person, sometimes you kind of get lost in, in, in the momentum of the draft and, and you sort of forget. But I think if, if he's up there and, and he's close to his ADP, you have to pull that trigger, even if it's kind of like your Goddard. But would you ever take a gut feeling on Calvin Ridley being the like a top three wide receiver and take draft him in the first round, like going into this year before we actually seen him for a true breakout? Is that too much to ask? I, I probably would have still only have taken him in the third round. Okay. I wish I'd, I would have taken Aaron Jones second. That would have been a nice little... All right. All right. Cool. I, I just, when I see these guys, we did talk about them and then you actually do see them kind of coming through even bigger than we almost said that it's kind of that self-regret thing, but then it's wondering about your strategy going forward. Yeah. But I mean, are you going to go Calvin Ridley first round, Tyler Lockett second round? Is that your, I mean, gosh, you'd get both of them. You'd get both of them because no one's going to do that. Right. Exactly. So that's a question mark. You know, maybe we can have that discussion later uh, in our camp next season, preseason. Just right. Because what if you could wait till the second, the third round, and now you've got them eyed up there? You yeah. Know, maybe, maybe we'll eye up some wide receivers that we think of. So I think that's why I still say okay. no. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. So let's move into the running back. Let's get into the top five of week four. 
So starting off at number five, we have Latavius Murray, man, just coming out of nowhere with 20 right points off here. off the bench because that's Holy where he was Lord. sitting. I had him in one of my other leagues, my dynasty league. Just He's always a backup, just a kind of a fill-in bye week guy. And all of a sudden, I see him popping off 20-plus points. Like, good for him, but uh, same thing. He's kind of like those streaky wide receivers. Like, you can't trust them. Uh, Chris Carson coming in at number four. This is my guy, 23 points, coming back from a supposed injury to really just, like, tear up the game. Two touchdowns on the ground, 80 yards on the ground, and 20 yards receiving. So he's doing his Chris Carson thing. I, Melvin Gordon coming in at number three. Really solid game by him. I mean, they're playing the Jets, so to be expected. But Melvin Gordon doing his Melvin Gordon thing. I, I'm curious to see where he falls in your uh, quarter mark rankings. Dalvin Cook coming in at number two. I think he's going to be up there in the top three as well. And Joe Mixon finally showing up this week with 39 points. I mean, he had 151 yards on the ground, two touchdowns on the ground, adding another 30 in the air and another uh, touchdown through the air. So huge game for him. I, I still question, honestly, this to me, and we can maybe talk about this a little later, is this sell, 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 sell on Joe Mixon. 100%. I would move him hard and fast. I just don't trust this guy. I just don't think Cincinnati has it enough in their ground game together. I, I don't want him on my team. If I have him, get rid of him. I've never wanted him on my team, so yeah, definitely sell. Uh, I don't have anything else to say about that if you're ready to move into the quarter. I'm always ready to move into the quarter. Let's do it. So these are the uh, running backs uh, season ranking so far, and I'm going to do honorable mention six plates. James Robinson of the Jacksonville Jaguars coming in around 69 points, which I'm, I'm just saying that because I think that's a crazy name to be on this list. Go, Jason, for having him on your team. Chris Carson at number five with 72.5 points. Uh, again, we talked about how surprising it was. He went down with an injury and then miraculously came down uh, and played and put up 25 points. Aaron Jones, the person I wanted, even though he's sitting in fourth place with 74. Zeke Elliott at number three, no one's surprised, 76 points. Kind of surprised. I think he actually went down towards the end of the game, Dalvin Cook, but it doesn't show a questionable tag, so he must be all right with 89 points. So that's 13 more points than Zeke, so that's kind of a jump up from the three to the second spot. And then the number one spot, Alvin Kamara. Nobody saw that coming with, like, 23 extra points above Dalvin Cook. So he deserves to be in that spot, apparently. Yeah, Alvin Kamara, we talked about it. I was higher on him than you were, I think, coming into the draft. And he would have been the guy I was probably going to take if I decided not to take the strategy that I took. So, But after Michael Thomas went down, he is just like their their go-go power guy. That's The offense is going through him. you got a 40-plus-year-old quarterback. What else are you going to do? I mean, that's with Latavius Murray still putting up you know, 20 points this week. You know what I mean? So It's insane. Um, but, you know, all the power to him. I mean, he's hitting his peak right now. I mean, he's got another great season in and I think after this, maybe another two. So it's what we thought. Uh, Dalvin Cook doing uh, Dalvin Cook things finally so far, putting together a healthy season. So good for him. You know, not too many big surprises on all those lists as far as the quarter mark. Uh, a couple here or there that kind of poke in. But um, James Robinson, I think, is the the one that kind of sticks out is people there's no way there's no way he was on your radar let's move into our weekly recaps of how you and i did this week and how did you do in our la locals league i went three and one in all my leagues and i uh i beat albie who's only beaten me once lifetime (laughs) that's always fun i don't know how many times i've won at this point but he's only beaten me once in like the five years we've been in this league together He's your punching back. So no matter what, when you're kind of down and you got him coming up, game one starter. Before this year, when we added the two extra people, he was always my first and my uh, my 10th matchup. 
So I always got him twice a year, and this will be the first time I only get him once. Oh, that's a bummer. Alicia kept up with the uh, trend that you're always beating now, so you get to trash talk him then for another full year. So I beat our commissioner this week, which felt fantastic. Uh, 120 to 90. I mean, he just his team just tanked this week. The best part about it was, too, is that there was talk about Michael Thomas. So I made the trade with him for Michael Thomas for Chris Carson, in addition to other things. And there was talks of Michael Thomas coming back this week, and then he got the no-go. He got the red light coming into Sunday, and man, whew, I was worried that was going to be like some bad karma coming back my way, but it went so, the other way. So, yeah, you basically turned uh, Kittle and uh, and Michael Thomas into Carson. <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins. So those are two first-round picks for like a third round tight end and um, a first round. Uh, yeah. So uh, like, again, you won that trade. I don't know. I think we got to go back to the math soon because I mean, Kittle came back. Hayden Hurst ain't doing so hot. DeAndre Hopkins only had seven points this week. So I think things are starting to balance out. I don't think it's that bad of a trade anymore. Uh, I think the one game that Kittle played tonight does not uh, balance out. Set. I mean, like it definitely helps uh, quiet the audience for sure. But it was one game, and they were just going through Kittle. The the Chris Carson thing, though, I really do. I, I'm just kind of floored now that I have this. Like, it's really – I can't believe I almost, almost pulled the trigger on that person all for me, Kenyon Drake and jo, uh, John Brown. But then I was like, nah, something doesn't feel right about this, and thank goodness I didn't. But anyway, so, yeah, another another good week. So I'm back to 2-2 two and two in that league, uh, just feeling a little bit stronger. I'm a little more optimistic. I don't have any points, missed points on the bench. Everybody else on my team was injured. I had a bunch of Titans and Pittsburgh people and also Carlos Hyde. So either everybody was postponed or injured. My injured reserve, all spots are filled. It's, it's a mess. So I had some good waiver wire pickups. My big pickup of the week was Brandon Akayu. He was the wide receiver for San Francisco who really, that kind of was the difference in my game, I feel like. And I think from everything, it looks like he's going to get more looks his way going forward. So that's exciting. Uh, you have any missed points? Anybody you wish you gave an invitation to? Uh, I did pretty well. I mean, even my lowest person got me like 11 points, uh, but I could have gotten 16 points. I still won. You know, there's, there, there was no misstep, if you will. Like there were people who would be like, oh, it would have been a optimization issue had yeah. I put that person in. But I didn't, I'm not sitting here going like I lost by a Robbie Anderson. No, well, that, that, that just comes into play if you're up there fighting for top overall points at the end of the season, which you probably are in the, in the discussion, but I don't, you're not quite leading like you have in past years for overall. I had a slow start. I definitely did a better job drafting the entire season instead of drafting for the first four weeks. That's for sure. Yeah, 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 for sure. So other leagues, I was one in one of my other two leagues that I'm in. My dynasty, I won. In my other redraft, I lost, which was unfortunate. But I was in my games all, all three games this week. So that was ex- at least I felt good going into Monday night. I was still competing in every one of them. I was leading, I think, in all of them. And then I just came up short in that other one. How about you? How was your other leagues? Um, I had one that came down to Monday night football if... Green Bay had scored, had kicked one more field goal. I would have lost. Uh, I could have given away one more PAT and still had won by like point one. But I had not won in this league, and it's a league where if you lose, you have to make a video. And I'm getting so tired of making videos because it was my idea. Yeah, right. <laughs> and not everyone's doing it. But of course, but you're never going to turn down an opportunity no, to do a video. Of not. So it's a good thing I like doing videos. But yeah, I won by one. Point one points because the Green Bay Packers didn't kick another field goal. Let's get into our strategy talk. We were talking about it at the top of the episode, just kind of what strategy can you do going forward now? I think quarter way through the season now, I think 
you're everybody should be in a position now of looking for depth depth depth. you know anybody's going to light it up anymore unless you do a trade but depth is where you're looking at for possible diamonds in the roughs that maybe if somebody goes down you have that backup ready to go or even a backup who can convert even maybe five to seven points on any given week so that in your flex spots because the buys are coming up at least you're getting some kind of not guaranteed points but you get what i'm saying yeah, you gotta start um, tripling up your depth. Essentially, that's that's the hardest part. Is instead of being sneaky and doing things that you normally would do for defense, or if you have two kickers on your team for whatever reason that you would do that, it's time to start uh, knocking that off and uh, tripling up your depth. I would say if you've been carrying two kickers, you knock that off today. You knocked that off last week. You knocked that off at the beginning of the season because that is just dumb. But we got to convert those two kickers to two quarterbacks. I'd almost say stock two quarterbacks on your team pretty much the rest of the season. This isn't even just a bye week kind of thing anymore. You saw what happened to Cam Newton. That was that was the biggest rumble, I think, through the weekend that happened, that Cam Newton had couldn't play. Because that was the thing is that it wasn't like the whole team got game got postponed like the Titans or the Steelers. It was just that one player was the only one who got sick, so he couldn't play. So then you're kind of, it's like an injury. So this could happen again. Who knows? This stuff is so crazy that I think two quarterbacks is almost a must. Yeah, and nobody really knows what to do. I heard them talking on Monday Night Football, and I think Tony Romo was trying to be a scientist. Uh, talking about, well, if Cam Newton is asymptomatic and, and the other announcer is just like, it's all too soon to really know. Like, like quietly, like, Tony, can you just stop saying that on the air? Because we don't want the hate mail that's about to come from you knowing what science is when you're, you weren't even that great of a quarterback. You're, you're a wonderful announcer. You are a way better announcer than you were a quarterback, but you need to slow your roll tonight. I think what many people tell Tony Romo right. to do is slow their roll. That's basically the biggest thing to look for this week. Look for some running backs, backup running backs, I think. Again, I, I ended up having picking up um, Anton Matheson for Minnesota. I didn't even know Dalvin Cook possibly got injured. So for a moment there, my eyes lit up. I'm like, oh my gosh, yes. He went out of the game. I didn't see any other things on it. He's not questionably tagged so that's a good sign for him what's weird is for him yeah but i also did the same thing where i had picked him up as a backup last week and i needed uh, a kelsey backup i saw i like dropped him for like logan thomas which at the end of the day i was just like oh i didn't even need to do that and i could have had madison without having to buy him that's where I'm at. I, and I, I, somebody had him on our league and dropped him. When I saw him on the waivers, I was like, I'm going for that. And I, that's what I'm just trying to like scope that out now, especially for those guys that, you know, don't have a guy in front of them who's, who is injury prone and the wear and tear. Those are some of the guys you want to take a look at. Did you have any other strategy to talk about going forward for, for this week or just kind of how to, you know, handle some of these? No, trade more. Keep making trades. I agree. I think trades are honestly a good way to really bump up your roster if you have the depth or the leverage, or maybe you can find a good meeting point with two teams that have different needs. So let me ask you, I've been offered a trade. I have Kittle and I have CD Lamb, and they want those players for Cooper Cup and um, Hayden Hurst. Ooh, no. No, no, that's not fair for you. So then what? how do I make that a fair trade? Do I, I give them... Okay, hold on. Let me back this up and think this through. For a moment, it was the C.D. Lamb thing just because... First, I'm like, no, I saw him because I saw those numbers blow up. But on the other hand of it, he's only had one big week, so... That's it, just one week. Who's to say that he's going to come back next week? And they have other weapons. It's not like he's like the hot new weapon. Like, they have Amari Cooper, and you saw he actually still outgained C.D. Lamb, even though C.D. Lamb had a huge game. 
and their tight ends kind of coming on a little bit. Dalton Schultz is coming on a little bit, and that's always an escape valve. So who's to say that there's going to be the targets there for CeeDee Lamb? So now I'm backing up a second, and I I just feel like here, I guess part of it is just maybe you could squeeze your leverage, though, because he had a great game. That's where I'm thinking maybe you squeeze something else out of it. Yeah, I, I don't really want Hurst because I have Waller on this league as well. And Hurst is, I'm, and I tried to make this argument to you before when I put him part of the trade, that he's not quite a solid guy week in and week out. He can blow up any week, but he's not a top... I, I, I disagree top with you in the fact that he's a solid eight-point floor, and for a tight end, that's a great day. Okay, I mean, I guess you. I mean, you're right, and he is my flex more generally. My flex. He's not even my my starting tight end. I'm just saying I don't want him because I have Waller. I'm I'm not I'm not. But then couldn't you make him your? But then he would be a solid flex for you, or when Waller's on the buy, that kind of thing, like that. Sure, and that's why ultimately I'm leaning towards taking the deal, even though I'm not huge. I'd like obviously Kittle is a better tight end than um, Hurst, 100. percent uh, but then Cup, I feel like, is a better wide receiver than C.D. Lamb is going to be. And Cup's floor is kind of around like 12 points. Absolutely. Uh, and any given week, he could blow up. But having a floor, he's... Man, all of last season, he was putting up 30 points like every other week. Yeah, I mean, he had a lull in the middle of the season there. He blew up that first four weeks. He was just like unstoppable. Then he did have a lull, and then he kind of picked it up a bit again later in the season. But... This season, he seems really dialed in. He's always been Jared Goff's favorite target. Always, since, always. Always. I gave him up in Dynasty, and it's one of my biggest regrets I've done in the past four seasons is giving him up. Yeah, so, I mean, you know what? I, I probably would take that. I would just see if you could squeeze something out. I don't know if it's our league. And it's, you not, also squeeze it's not. It's not our league, maybe but I could definitely. Okay. So, is there anybody else on the team that you were eyeing up that you could possibly switch out for Hurst or something like that? Yeah, I'm sure I could. I could talk to the man. He's a he's a San Francisco fan, so he wants Kittle. Okay, and this is the week to do it. So you definitely have to pull the trigger. I would just see if you could squeeze something out. Maybe an extra player, another maybe running back, like you know, role player or something that could blow up. Good call. So let's move on. That was thanks for the advice. You got it, buddy. Uh, you know me. I know how to make good trades. <laughs> All right. Anyway, anyway. All right. Let's wrap this all up, Alex. Um, just let's give off some, you know, do you have any kind of recommends? I don't care how many. Do you just have any a one, two, three waiver wire recommends that you just wanted to throw out there? Yeah. I mean, we already talked about Schultz. You pick up Madison. Um, you know, you pick up Cameron Brait uh, as a flyer tight end if you have to. I, and I'll just say Dearness Johnson was the guy in Cleveland as the running back. Also, because Kareem Hunt went down for a little bit in that game as well, and they gave him the rock. So there could... Just the way they, they run the ball in Cleveland, they may give it to this Johnson, even if Kareem Hunt's the top guy. You see what they do with Chubb and Hunt. So it could be the same setup that And way. then finally, Kelly, if he's still on your waiver wire, he shouldn't be if you have smart uh, owners. But uh, Joshua Kelly from the Chargers. Uh, Justin Jackson, if you're looking again, you really are scrounging for depth and just not sure, and you have an empty spot, I would say, as a bench guy, Justin Jackson, just to see how that all shakes out in uh, in L.A. And uh, Brandon Caillou, obviously the guy I have, but... I don't think he's rostered on many on many leagues yet, so obviously his name's going to be at the top of the list probably after that performance. So just another guy to take a look at, see if you can take a shot at him. So uh, next week you play Albie, and uh, I play Jason. All right. Well, Battle of the Kittles. <laughs> <laughs> Either you will have him, and you guys will play, you'll be playing against Kittle, or you won't have him, and I'll you won't care at Kittle. all. I think this is the week to move him. I really, I'm, I'm really high on Kittle, but the, the amount... Uh, that they used him really has me worried that he's just going to get injured. Um, so I think he's a great player. I'm just worried about his um, durability this year. 
it really was wild. I, just watching the freak out online over fantasy football was really funny in my eyes. I think that wraps it up for here. Yeah, well, you can reach us at Instagram at Fantasy Football Wins, or you can reach me at TikTok at Alex Laughs. Hey, Alex, if there's nothing else, I will talk to you next week. All right, good luck. Later, man.